a Highline podcast. We're here. Hello, welcome to the Whiskey Bench. My name is Steven. I am Kat. We're here. We're about to crack a cold one right off the bat. It's time. It is. Sounds like it's been a hell of a week. It's been a hell of a week. (laughs) Tell me about your hell of a week. It's just been a mad dash. We're, uh, we're just a busy time of year at Perk and we're releasing a report and everyone has a hundred other things that they're trying to do. And so we're, and then we'd had this beautiful field trip in the middle of the week, which was lovely. And I'm so glad I got to do it. But I really needed that day to get uh, stuff done. Of course. So. Is, this, is this where I saw the video of you rolling or someone rolling yeah. something round down a hill? Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we got to go see the property in Paradise Valley, uh, the ranching property that we organized an elk occupancy agreement on, which is like a short-term habitat lease. Oh, right on. We partner with a ranching family in the valley. Is um, that one of the properties that was featured in the elk doc? Um, no, different, different, but, but that was that the ideas in that film have turned into reality with this agreement, which is pretty cool. So the family let us come out to their property and see it and then put us to work removing an old fence that was in the way of where the elk would be migrating. Oh, nice. So we super steep, like beautiful terrain, like incredible views. It was awesome. And, uh, the thing, the video you saw was we would, clip the the barbed wire from the post remove the posts and then roll the barbed wire into Mm -hmm. spools yeah and then it's such steep country that they would just like roll it down the hill yeah so these cowboys would be like get behind a tree yeah yeah. like oh shit (laughs) this thing would come (laughs) flying down the mountain oh gosh yeah spiky yeah if it hit you, the, that'd be a nightmare. Yeah, but everyone was okay, right? So it's all no, there's they were such pros. They like knew exactly how to angle it so it landed in the right spot. Like, oh my gosh, that it, sounds fun. It was impressive. It was a nice. really fun day. Yeah, but and then we just had listeners like a 15 minute ordeal trying to get <laughs> my notes up. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> all right, we'll we'll be brief on this one because yeah. this tonight's going to be fast and furious because we've got fun things going on, which yes. I'm excited for. We needed to access Cat's Drive, Google Drive. Like we couldn't get it to work on my iPad because my iPad's not up to date with the most recent iOS, <laughs> and then my laptop's like broken and not working. Right. And then her phone wasn't working with Drive, so then we signed into my phone with her Drive, but then it asked me to confirm Cat's email off of my iPad specifically. <laughs> it is crazy. Just it was wild. Like well, we've got our. Tech overlords. $10,000 worth of computers in this room and none of them could open an email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God. I know. But we're in it now. So everything is all right. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm using sign language <laughs> to tell her the code to my phone right now. You don't want to dox yourself. Yeah, I don't want to dox. Give it away. Yeah, it's fine. I oh got my nothing to hide, I guess. God. How's your week been? It's been good. Good. Worked hard Monday, Tuesday, and uh, then my buddy came into town and we've just been chilling. Nice. Been cooking a lot of food. I saw you made sushi. I made sushi last night. That looked delicious. Cooked a brisket for tonight. Mm. Bread. Made a cake. What We're kind gonna, of cake did you make? We made just like a funfetti cake with homemade buttercream frosting. Nice. Our buddy Josiah that's coming from Boise, his birthday's like next week. So oh, we're that's do nice. a little surprise birthday cake. That's fun. And then, yeah, we're just going to this weekend, we're going to hang out. 
probably go camping, go fishing. Nice. Just enjoy. Enjoy Sounds life. Good. I'm going up to uh, Garnet Mountain to that lookout and staying up there. Oh, Which fun. I've never, I've hiked to it, but I've never stayed there. So that should be fun. That's really awesome. Yeah, it'll be good. Did you have to book that in advance? Yeah, totally. Did you book it way in advance? Oh, yeah. Okay. Steve booked I've it for his birthday. I've always wondered how that works. Okay, cool. Like probably six months ago oh, or seven months ago. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. So. All right. Well, cheers to all these fun things. The weather's been amazing. Yeah. Today was like glorious. We're going to get down to business tonight. Mm-hmm. But. I got to at least let everyone know what we're drinking. Yes. So this evening we were drinking a uh, Bozeman Brewing Company beer right here in Bozeman. Actually, like really close to both of us where the location actually is. Everything in Bozeman's close, but <laughs> we're here drinking the Gallatin Pale L, what they call their GPA. They got any notes on it? Oh, yes, they do. So here's what Mr. <laughs> uh, uh, Bozeman Brewing has to say. Our GPA is exceptionally drinkable with a pleasant Citrus tropical fruit aroma from Amarillo and Citra dry hops. A percentage of sales benefit Gallatin Watershed Council, helping to keep our brewing and recreational waters clean. Nice. So it's really tasty. It's I've never really had it before. Good. It's got a nice flavor. It's not an IPA, right? It's just a pale ale. Yeah, it's, so it's good. still hoppy, but it's nice. Yeah, but a lot more. Um, yeah, it's just a good pale ale. Yeah, the thing is, when it's like not so. Hoppy, it's like you can taste more of the intricacies of like the wheats and stuff. Like yeah, this, totally. you know, I can actually pick up on the wheat and the the malt and everything like that. So yeah, not too nice. shabby. Would recommend this. Delicious. So what do you got tonight? So I have a little story about uh, Portugal and Californians. Um, Ooh. Uh, immigrating to Portugal. It's kind of just short and kind of hilarious. Interesting and wild. Okay. Um. It's pretty lighthearted, so do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? <laughs> Maybe we should end on a lighthearted note. All right, let's do it. This is just, honestly, it's funny. Mine, it's short and sweet and funny, so we'll... I'm bringing uh, a little gloomier news. That's okay. From I'm ready. Sri Lanka. Yes. So, it's starting to appear in headlines. Sri Lanka basically has descended into total economic and political chaos, Largely because of a corrupt government and taking out loans that they shouldn't have taken out, basically. But they really, over the last like several last decade, they've made great strides. They they suffered a 26 year civil war that ended in 2009, and after that, they actually started to their GDP started to grow, sort of standard of living improved. Um, I think they were considered in terms of GDP per capita, like adjusted for purchasing power. They were about equivalent to a place like Ukraine and double that actually of India. So so they were doing well, but things have 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 changed pretty dramatically in the last couple of years. So Sri Lanka at this point has defaulted on its overseas loans um, after it missed interest payments on two loans that uh two sovereign bonds actually that were 1.25 billion dollars the latest estimate puts the country's total foreign debt at more than 50 billion 1 billion in bonds maturing in July so all this sort of things started to take a turn for the worse when a sort of infamous family in Sri Lanka known as the Rajapaskas 
uh, took power in 2019, and they sort of immediately embarked on a spending spree with really wasteful infrastructure projects coupled with other sort of bad fiscal policy that really set the country up for failure. Some of the wasteful projects include an international airport, a seaport, numerous unnecessary roads and bridges, and a cricket stadium that, this is a quote from a story we'll link to, has had only a few international matches and is so remote that arriving teams face the risk of wildlife attacks. So they started getting loans from countries like China and were spending the money on these big projects and naming it after you know, people in their family and, yeah, and like but there was no demand. Things, right. Yeah, yeah. There was no demand for these, for this infrastructure. And so it, it hasn't yielded any return. Right. And so their, their, their spending has really dug them into a hole. Um, and at the same time, the president Rajapaska cut taxes. So at the same time that they're spending this, they cut their revenue. And then he also changed the constitution naturally to concentrate power around him and his family. For example, his brother is both the prime minister and the finance minister, or he was. He's actually been ousted now at this point, but, you know, just up until like a month ago, that was his role. So by 2021, the country had accrued a foreign debt of $35 billion, and China accounts for nearly 10% of their of Sri Lanka's total foreign debt. They got themselves, they dug themselves into like a fiscal hole with the spending and the lack of revenue. And then on top of all of that, in April of 2021, Sri Lanka announced that it would try to become the world's first 100% organic country, Ooh. pitching the idea as a way to <laughs> green Sri Lanka. So the president banned chemical fertilizers despite warnings from agricultural scientists and farmers who said like if you do this it's going to like destroy our yield and sure enough that's exactly what happened crop yields plummeted in particular among its primary primary exports of uh rice and tea so people are are like starving right now people on average are eating about one meal per day they've taken to the streets they're clashing with police it's gotten super violent they've been burning down politicians homes like they are understandably enraged um and they are letting it be known and the president rajapaska is still in power his brother who is the prime minister and finance minister has been ousted and they have a new prime minister who's trying to like propose a new budget and raise taxes and he's like been pleading with farmers to plant more rice but like the damage is already done and they're in such a deep hole that i think it's going to require like a, a a change of government at this point um completely which is that kind of that level of like we have a lot of turmoil in this country, but we've never experienced that level of political like turmoil and instability. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a scary time for them. It's a real shit show. And in part, this is kind of maybe a warning to other countries in the region that have been accepting loans from China because um, it's sort of China's M.O. It's referred to as debt trap diplomacy or basically the Chinese government, through its Belt and Road Initiative, makes these loans to these impoverished countries that it knows they can't pay back. And it often does this in, in kind of a off-the-record way, or it's kept off government balance sheets, where the money is directed to state-owned companies and banks or joint ventures or private institutions. Politicians can skim their percentage from the top. It's wasted on some like bullshit project, but really all it is is like laundering money 
China then has leverage over that country. They can go in there and extract whatever resources they need to extract, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they build some roads, but like, you know, ultimately China's benefiting from this and the people, the countries that they lend to are often kind of entrapped. So anyway, this is kind of a, the whole thing is, it's still unfolding. There's probably a lot more kind of like sad unrest and suffering for the people to come. Hopefully it's a warning to other countries in the region to not go down that same path. Yeah. When people, when, when protesters start burning down politicians' homes, I feel like that's a, that's one we should discuss. Yeah, that's a sign that's like, oh, okay, things are getting spicy. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> if we want to stick on the topic of uh, countries changing and doing things that uh, they're not interested in, uh, my story kind of ties into that. Ah, okay. So uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the influx of Californians moving to Portugal. So much so that Portuguese are protesting Californians really? within the oh country. Oh, my God. Everyone hates Californians. No joke. This is kind of hilarious. We're going to take a quick break, then we'll be back to our conversation. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts. There you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show. Thank you to Reagan James for the use of our theme music, The Habit, off her album, Message. Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. And thanks to Highline Media Network for having us as a founding podcast. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, No Normal People. I honestly have been immensely not busy, full. My life has been very full engaged. lately. Yeah. Yes, very engaged, but also doing something I love, right? Yeah. So it's like, I'm not like doing a job I hate and yeah. like staying up late hours. I'm doing something I'm very passionate about and very excited about. That's great. And so I would say probably right now, it's really what I do for fun is kind of probably crafting my craft yeah (laughs) i suppose um but just like learning about teaching and learning about music Mm. and learning about how to present that and also just and now back to our conversation it's kind of a joke around here you know people talk about all the time like oh the californians are you know leaving and ruining our states yada you know right blah blah you know, there's an argument to be made that a lot of them are more conservative that are leaving anyway. Right. It's it's a it's a mixed bag. It's a right? mix. A lot of the more conservative ones are coming to more conservative states, frankly. But right. It's a mixed bag. But something like, I mean, I think just in 2020, it was like 117,000 people left California. Wow. And then I think as of this year, so over the last two years, it's like close to 270,000 people have left. And the census was wrong. That was just recently announced that. The national census was inaccurate and the states that states like California, New York and New Jersey actually lost more people than they initially thought. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. Because California lost. um, Actually lost a uh, congressional. Uh, yeah, state. exactly. Yeah. Which is just amazing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> OK, that's really that's really good. Something. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people have been leaving California and apparently a lot of them are moving abroad. They're leaving the. United States. And for some reason, I haven't really figured out exactly why. I did go back far enough to like 2019, early 2020, and I noticed there was a lot of articles 
about like why Portugal is a great place to move mm. or specifically marketing towards California. Some articles being like, oh, Portugal is so much like California as far as like temperature and oh, but like it's yeah, yeah. cheaper and like all of these things, almost like they were putting out some sort of campaign like, you know, hey, let's get people here, which a lot of countries did, especially during COVID sure. to incentivize, especially people working remotely. Like, hey, come to our city. You can work remotely. Yeah. It's beautiful. All these things. So I, I have a feeling that's kind of more. So I'm going to link a story to the LA Times. They have a little video where they're like interviewing a few families and like, you know, some people that moved to Portugal and like why they love it so much. And they're like, oh, yeah, the locals like love us. <laughs> and they're talking about like how like, you know, it's great and like everyone's awesome. So I'll read a little bit of this article. Jamie Dixon landed in this hilly seaside town nine months ago ditching her luxury trailer in Malibu for a two-floor rooftop apartment that's twice the size for a fraction of the rent. <laughs> her escape from her native California came amid growing costs of living, encroaching wildfires, and waning senses of safety after the burglary of a neighbor's home. This fitness trainer turned startup worker decided it was time <laughs> to reinvent herself in a foreign land. <laughs> but like many American expats, she didn't want to feel too far from home. Whoa! That was my alarm. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. She has some wine chilling in the fridge. Yeah. Um, in this wealthy enclave about 15 miles from the Portuguese capital of Lisbon, she found her slice of California on the west coast of Europe. Ocean breezes, mountain views, hot spring days on palm tree lined promenades, and the glow of sunsets that seep into the night. Uh, and then here's a quote from her Things were just becoming too much back home. But I didn't want to leave everything about L.A. behind, said Dixon, 37. Dressed in yoga pants and cross trainers, <laughs> she sipped white wine at an organic cafe that overlooked waves crashing into Big Sur-like cliffs. Oh, my God. Just a short walk from the rental she shares with her actor husband. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like somebody wrote this. This I know, doesn't right? seem real. With Portugal, she said, we could keep the parts we liked and leave the rest. Dixon has plenty of company in a country that has become an international destination for tourism and residency alike. Um, and then it goes a little bit more talking about uh, how Portugal declined, even as the number of foreigners has grown by 40%. Uh, the ranks of American citizens living in the land of 10 million shot up by 45% last year. Um, wow. With a mix of retirees, digital nomads, and young families fed up with issues, including the cost of housing, health care, and Trumpian politics. In California. In California? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That's but insane. It is insane. So <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But it's a great article. Honestly, it tells you a lot about like the economy, everything like that, how it's a lot more affordable, all of these things. Um, but what's interesting then is you then go and find some of the stories that are like from the Portuguese side of it. Um, there's a lot of stories about like people, how much they love it. <laughs> but Portuguese are angered at an influx of Californians who import their problems with them. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so there's been like demonstrations in Lisbon and like, oh, really? being like we don't want Californians moving here. Like, can't we like bar them from coming to our country? Oh, shit. <laughs> there is like a unique arrogance about Californians. Oh, yeah. I think that's what it, nobody ever complains about like yeah. Minnesotans, yeah. you know? So from that same story, welcome to Portugal, the new expat haven. Californians, please go home. Reports <laughs> what the number of Americans living in Portugal has risen by 45% in the past year. Um, most moving from California, which is crazy. The article explains that uh, resentment to newcomers is growing in Portugal, right? This is where uh, 
things are coming up. Now Portuguese are claiming that the Californians are coming and gentrifying and causing income disparities uh, through their immigration. So like that's becoming a whole thing. So they're like, you guys are just gentrifying us. Well, especially if they're yeah. still working remotely for a LA based company, mm-hmm. they're going to be in way the, their income will be disproportionate to what uh, very much. So the and the little video make. explains like your money goes pretty far there, even though like, you know, I mean, it's a great percentage, like 35% or something like that. Um, so Portuguese activists are hitting the streets and uh, protesting gentrification caused by Californian Americans who moved into their <laughs> neighborhoods and <laughs> caused skyrocketing rent and evictions. And that's another thing. A lot of these people are now just like evicting local Portuguese, knowing that they can hike prices. Right. Oh, yeah, and yeah, Americans yeah. will move in. That's happening in Montana. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Christ. So here's a quote from a uh, Fox article. Uh, you cannot deny that places like Lisbon have become much more appealing for young creative people with money to spend. The effect on the economy and the way the buildings look, no longer empty, is astronomical, geographer from Lisbon told the LA Times. But the average Portuguese person can no longer afford to live in the center of Lisbon. Rents have gone up five to six times over the last two years. Even the basic things, such as buying groceries, take longer trips outside of the city just to afford. The Portuguese government has responded to the housing crisis by suspending its Golden Visa program which was a huge incentive. If you bought commercial property worth more than 250,000 euros, you got like a golden visa to the country, like just a visa. You can just be there. You can just be there. And so they had to spend it because so many people are like, oh, $350,000 for an investment building? Like that's nothing. Right. So it was a program in large cities that offered residencies to foreigners who purchase homes or commercial property at more than 500,000 euros, which is not that much by California standards. Um, in Lisbon, the capital city of Portugal, evictions have doubled over the last year, with wow. many blaming the influx of foreigners willing to pay more than locals with bank accounts that are backed by dollars and pounds, which is another thing. You've got yeah. people with money that is more desirable, right? Kind of wild, kind of short and sweet. And I mean, Nightmare, well, short, though. not so sweet, but it's interesting to see what comes of that, you know, again, just moving in and yeah, not liking the, the situation. But that's the that's the state of housing, right? It's like. It's hard for a lot of people everywhere, but. Well, there are all these desirable little places that have been quiet for a mm-hmm. long time yeah. that have been, are now discovered from Bozeman to Lisbon, right? Right, yeah, exactly. And once they're discovered, you really can't, I don't know how you turn it off, right? So you kind of just have to embrace it and build in terms of the housing. Right. Like yeah, that's exactly. the only, you increase the supply, but that totally changes the character and the culture and the community and. I feel for those people. I feel bad. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm a Californian and I'm ashamed. (laughs) And I moved. Yeah, there you go. But I didn't drive up any rents. I can barely afford to live here. I know. (laughs) Well, the thing is, too, it's interesting. You know, here people complain about rents. But when I first moved here, like they've gone up, but they haven't gone up as I think as much as people are complaining about. Because like this story, I mean, Mm. imagine your rent going up by 45 percent. Overnight, I couldn't like, handle it. No, and that's what they're getting at is like, right. oh no, some of these people's rent. And some people are saying they're doubling. That's insane. And it's like, oh, you pay double tomorrow or don't have a home, and you're like, oh, okay, all right. That's that's a big difference, right? Yeah. Not ten or fifteen percent like I've seen here. Yeah, totally. So wild. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Well, and from well, from what I've seen with all the other protests Portugal people have done over the last few years, they seem feisty. I kind of like them. I bet. Portuguese people. Totally. My buddy from California is in Portugal right now. Oh, really? (laughs) 
just on vacation. Oh, okay. But so, like, yeah. See, I, maybe it's I don't, what is the phenomenon where like you start to hear about it and then you're like, oh, this. You see it everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what that's like, called. The but... guy that we use for all our design, mm-hmm. uh, Darren, is going to vacation in Portugal in a week. Oh, how funny! For like a month. Oh. I was like, what's. I never even thought about Portugal. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to go to Portugal. It looks beautiful. I was looking at pictures. Oh, good lord! I wouldn't go. I wouldn't I go. Think I want to go. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I would not leave Bozeman in the middle of the summer. I have multiple coworkers who are going to Europe this summer. Why? Which sounds great, but like that's I heard the, it's just like hot and miserable in Europe in it's the summer. The best time of year here yeah. too. So like, why? I don't know why anyone would leave. I have a friend going, a coworker going to Ireland, mm. like. In July? I mean, that sounds... Why would you leave your... July, Montana is primo. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, go in like March. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. Or November. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or I don't know, but like any time that isn't the best time of year in Bozeman. But anyway, we're... You know what? To each their own. Sure. Or as I like to say, chicharrones. Chicharrones. (laughs) (laughs) To each their own Oh my gosh, that was rapid fire. That was rapid fire. I apologize, listeners. I don't even know. I feel like I just blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I just said. But it's been a good week. Yeah. We got this episode right out. We did. We were not going to record this week. That's right. And our homie, Zach, Zach. shamed me into, no. You, you must have admitted to him that we weren't going to record. Well, he asked, he, well, he asked because he knows us. And he was like, are you guys going to record this week? And I was like, no. And, and, and he had this look on his face. And I was like, you know what? We, we have to record. We can make it happen. Yeah. yeah. We got to. Yeah, totally. And we did. And we did. Look at this. I don't know if it's our best episode, but it's an episode. I don't think it's our worst. <laughs> I had fun. It's definitely not. Uh. So yeah, oh, fast and furious, but crazy. as always, thank you for hanging out with us at our best and sometimes at our frazzled, <laughs> you know. Yes. Y'all are our homies, so catch us next time for a long format episode mm-hmm. featuring some sort of delicious cocktail. Yes. And until then, hop on social media, hang out with us, hop on Highline Media Network, check out all the other shows grab a sticker maybe buy some coffee you need energy on these long summer days to keep going i think i think that's it i think that's, I think that's it. all our bookkeeping totally so friends family lovers <laughs> cheers cheers <laughs>and welcome to No Normal People. This is a show where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. You know how there's like famous people in the world that are known very well and how they go on podcasts? Yeah. Well, we don't do marketable that. marketable names and yeah, audience. Buzzwords, and, buzz yeah, names. Social followings. Yeah. And, John yeah. Buzz. And, well, we interview people like your Uncle Terry who collects model trains. Because he's normal. We'll even interview you, even if you don't have the cool trains that your uncle has. You can email us at nopeoplepod at gmail.com or visit our show page, 
on www.highline.network to sign up to be on the show. And remember, the only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. Highline Media Network. Artist-owned podcasts by normal people in normal places.